When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judd's going to be snapping. I'm going to be stabbing. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Well, they're sending the house here on third and ten. And down goes Blau in the arms of Daniil Hunter who's just reached 50 sacks in his career, and he just turned 25 years old. And Blau looking around and runs into trouble. Second sack for Daniil Hunter. And down he goes all the way back to the 28-yard line. And that's the third sack of the game by Daniil Hunter. Yeah, well, he's a terrific athlete, great kid, hard worker. You know, I still think he's got a lot of room to grow. He's got some things that he can really uh, improve on. And if he gets to that point where he does those, um, he'll be he'll be really really good. All right, Mackie and Joe with Rami, Score North and the Score North app. And gentlemen, we're going to start the show today by taking a trip through the comment section of Judd Zolgad's ScoreNorth.com article <laughs> from last night's post game at US Bank Stadium. I saw a couple. People were very upset that I did not embrace the Lions-Vikings game. How quick did you have that thing published after the clock went zeros? Because I told Mackie today, I have a feeling you had that thing typed up, and all you had to do was hit the publish button when the clocks went to zero. Oh, the, the, the headline was, Hollow Victory, Vikings yep. win over woeful Lions tells us nothing. You were uh, exactly right. I had to plug in the final score and hit publish. <laughs> I wrote the entire second half. That's how, and, and look, you know, just to be clear, good for the Vikings for taking care of business. But my goodness, it would be nice if the Detroit Lions had decided to either A, play football, or B, on Wednesday, call the Vikings and be like, eh, dudes, we're not going to show. Well, here are some of the comments from, from people that uh, didn't quite agree that it was a hollow victory and one that was that told us absolutely nothing. Uh, J.A. says in the comment section, who wasn't expecting a shallow, half-baked article from Zolged trashing the Vikings? I saw that one last night. Win yeah. or lose, this guy is always negative. Which is not true. John said, Judd is drunk again. Never mind him. I wish that was true. <laughs> Ideally, I, I would have been at home on my couch drunk watching the uh, Saints and Niners play. Uh, Scott Mitchell chimes in here. Apparently has nothing Scotty better Mitchell. to do. Scott Mitchell, Mitchell almost former, came here. Former Lions quarterback. Former quarterback of the Lions. Yes. Chimes in in the comment section. What result would have made Judd happy? None. Vikings lose and much wailing and gnashing of teeth. Vikings win with a workmanlike performance like what happened today. And we get this article. Vikings win by 40. And we would have gotten the why couldn't they do this last week article. 
No, 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 no. You wouldn't have won by 40 against the Seahawks. That's crazy. No, 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 no. Scott missed the point. So here's my question, all right? Even though Rami and I spent the first 20 minutes going over things that we did learn, or at least things that I did learn yesterday, uh-huh. let's assume that, all right, they not a whole lot to be picked up from smoking the Lions, okay? What can be picked up in these next three weeks? What do you guys, I'm going to turn the question this way. Because, like, what do you, it was a third string quarterback. It was a home game yesterday. It was a get right game in a lot of ways. I mean, there were things that we can dive into, like Xavier Rhodes is now part of a platoon and things like that. Uh, but what do you need to see in the next three weeks? Road game against the Chargers, kind of a road game. It's, it's, a, it's an away game, but it's not exactly. It's on real. grass, though, and they can start on sure. grass. That's a fair point. And then you get Packers and Bears at home. What do you guys need to see in the next three weeks to feel like, okay, this team can win a Super Bowl or this team can at least get to a Super Bowl? I need to see him build on what we saw yesterday from the defense. I'm pretty sure that I know what level the offense can play at when everybody's healthy, and that's that's a pretty high level. I think a level high enough to win the Super Bowl if your defense can take a few steps back in the right direction. We saw yesterday them attempting to resolve some of the problems that they've had at cornerback, going with a rotation of Mike Hughes, Trey Waynes, and Xavier Rhodes, sort of playing the matchups as the game went along until Rhodes got hurt, and then Hughes was pressed basically into full-time service for for much of that second half. I need to see them continue to do against better teams what we saw yesterday against this Lions team and show me that that wasn't a mirage, that wasn't smoke and mirrors, that wasn't just a bad football team you were able to do that against, but that these these changes that it for some reason took you 14 weeks to employ, but okay, you've employed them, and if they work, then then fine. You figured it out before the playoffs start, and that's really all that matters, but I'm not necessarily... 100% convinced. I'm glad they tried something different. We've been calling for that for a long time, but I'm not 100% convinced that what ailed this defense is now cured. I agree with that completely, and I, I guess I wouldn't say that there was an inning specifically I saw, because I did like the fact that they went to a cornerback rotation. Now, Rhodes got hurt, Hughes got, got hurt as well, and so I, I don't know if both are going to be set to play on Sunday against the Chargers, but I, would, I wouldn't say there was Anything I saw against Detroit that I that I need to, to see that exact duplication of, but I do think that this is going to be the first true three game stretch in 2019 where I feel it's going to be an extended period of time that we can finally identify this team completely because I think it's got talent. I think it, it's a good team, not a great team probably, but a good team. I think it certainly should be a competitive team. But you know what? There have been blips, right? Like, there have been games where you're like, okay, let's see this game, and then it's Seattle, and they lose. But it's not like they get blown out. So you're not saying, well, they got blown out and don't belong on the same field as the Seahawks. But you also say, opportunity missed, right, Phil? Kansas City, same thing. So starting with with the Chargers game on Sunday, and I know the Chargers' record is not great, but they uh, demolished Jacksonville yesterday. I'd say starting with this game, we are going to embark on a three-game stretch, which is finally going to provide the definition that I'm yet to get on a consistent basis, at least, from the Vikings. I mean, obviously, there's not a road game in these next three of of the level of at Seattle or even of the level of at Kansas City without Pat Mahomes. So you're not going to get that level of road test. Like your Your next great road test... This will be an okay road test this Sunday, but your next great road test comes in the playoffs if you if you make it to that point. That's the right? Saints, possibly. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think if you win these next three games mm-hmm. and you win them with 
a good offensive. It's not like fluky special teams win or something like where, where one of your facets falls apart and the other ones. If if all three facets look competent in these next three games, and if Adam Thielen comes back at some point in these next three games, and if you win these next three games and you're twelve and four, and then you're going to have to hope that the Packers lose a game to you know avoid the tiebreaker that mm-hmm. the Packers have. I will feel like this team can make a run, um, even if they have to play some road games. I mean, I think that I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of, all right, it's the end of December, and they've rolled off four straight victories to end the season, and they look pretty good doing so, and Adam Thielen comes back. We're gonna we're, we're not going to sit there after these four games and say, well, yeah, but, uh, man, that's Seattle. I, th- I think we're going to say this team can win. This team is in the mix in the NFC. Yesterday, that, I know that 49ers and Saints game, that was a – Couple heavyweight teams going back and forth, but like you could flip that inside out and say, "Whoa, the 49ers defense has been dominant all season and got carved right. in that game yesterday." There's like you could you could twist some of these things around in the Vikings' favor just as easily. The thing that that makes this entire race fun now too is don't look now, but here come the Rams for sure. The Rams have three games yeah. left now. <laughs> one <laughs> one tough one. You might be right. I don't know. Honestly, if the Bears, it's a crazy if the Bears beat the Packers. Like the Vikings yes. have to root for the Bears to beat the Packers this weekend, but if the Bears do beat the Packers this weekend, they're hot. The door is very much There's open. There's something for the in the Bears. rear yes. view. Objects in your rear view mirror. But you know what? Appear yeah. larger than they the are. Rams last night looked really good, and they've got the Rams last three games now. Go Dallas. They can beat Dallas. San Francisco tough game. Arizona. So this now goes from being a week ago. Man, the Rams are. Seem like they might be a complete mess, and the Bears are probably toast. And to no, this is going to be fun. This I think is going to be a fun, fun race. Like you need the Bears. Here's what we need from your Chicago Bears, Rami. Mm-hmm. They're seven and six right now. Oh, he's good. It's not going to be good. You but need this is what he needs. You need a win at Green Bay. All right, and that would make you feel great too. Let's work together here. Okay. okay? All right, go beat the Packers at Lambeau Field. Until now, we're on the how same you, page. How are you going to work together, Week Seventeen, up boys? In, up until now, we're on the same page. Okay, carry yeah, go on. Go beat the Packers. Yeah. <laughs> It's a short story. <laughs> then die like dogs against Kansas City no. in Week 16. Oh, oh, oh no, you're no. not working with him. No. Let's make you're this not, fun. That's you're not working with Rami. Sorry, dude. No, you guys. You get to beat the Packers. Oh, wait, hold on. Not you guys. I didn't say that. Let's make Week 17 interesting. All right? Let's just make is Week that the cam- Is that on, the campaign let's, slogan? Yes. Let's uh, make I'm not Week gonna 17 get, I'm not going to get suckered into one of these. Let's play Auburn again. We'll talk about that <laughs> hey, later. Hey, we got Auburn. We'll get that later. Rami has the campaign slogan. Let's make Week Week 17 interesting. Fun. Let's make it fun, boys. <laughs> Was that the hat? Let's lead to some make hand wringing. Leading up to week 17, December 30th. I, I like I like that feeling of some hand wringing. Dude, I don't know if I don't know if the we NFL's can take it been around too here. Boring. The I NFL's been too boring this year. I think you're right. Playoff picture looked set like two weeks ago. Wouldn't it be great if now we want different outcomes, but wouldn't it be great if it got flipped on its head and all of a sudden week sixteen and week seventeen you have a bunch of meaningful games around the NFL? That'd be great. That'd would, be awesome. It would be. Now that's where we separate and I want one thing and you want another, but that'd be great. But you know what? Wait, wait, wait. If you guys got there though, all right, so let's say Bears went out, US Bank Vikings Stadium went out, week seventeen, week 17 is a huge game. Yeah. If you guys got there, it'd be great fun. Oh yeah. But then it's sort of a toss up. Right. Yeah, then it's I mean, a tough. The Vikings can render that game irrelevant if they just win their next two, right? Yeah, the Vikings are the Vikings are two games up on the Bears because yes. they're nine and four. The Bears need the Vikings to lose one more game, but, and then they need to run the table. 
here's the one. And they need the Rams to here's, lose game. Here's why I've now convinced myself that that game, no matter what transpires here, is going to be an interesting game. What, the Bears-Vikings The Bears-Vikings game. Bears game. The Lions, I watched a team, and it was pathetic. It was just pathetic. That had quit. Quit on its coach. Didn't care. Matt Patricia has to be fired. Like, that was a joke yesterday. I don't think the Bears, even eliminated, will have quit. I think that defense is still good. I think they've got guys with pride. And I don't have any basis to declare, you know what, these guys hate their coach. So I think if the Bears show up with any chance to derail or cause the Vikings problems, they might try and at least take it. Agreed. Where with the Lions, they did not play. I don't think that Bears team is laying down regardless of the situation. That's my point, which is what could make that game fun. The best part about that Lions game, Rami found the quote from uh, from Slay after the game. So good. They asked, asked they asked him about uh, Matt Patricia and his staff's uh, job security. Yeah, they ain't my problem. Yeah. You have Mitch Ford to deal with that. Oh, we have the audio here. Hold oh, on do a we? Jonathan's oh, got awesome. some scrutiny on the coach and the regime. You guys probably hear about it. What do you think of all the scrutiny on whether or not they would be back? Oh, I don't know. They ain't my, they ain't my problem. You gonna let Miss Ford and go over and deal with that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm paying attention to that. That's my problem. Great. That's great. <laughs> that that's. Did you guys see the the amount of of Detroit players who made business decisions to hit the turf and not get up until they got helped off? In which point, I think they they were saying, "Yeah, you know what? My day's probably done here." Man, those guys weren't all legitimately injured. They were tired of playing football that for Matt is, Patricia. And that is not the sport to be playing when you are half in mentally too. This is my so. idea. I told you this. What I want. One game a year that a team hopelessly done can decline. So, do you think? Are you saying that the Vikings would have gained more with just another bye week yesterday? I would have preferred. They, they did have. A couple I would have. Guys get banged I would have preferred up, so. to see the two cornerbacks stay healthy. Yes, yeah. and 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 also Dalvin Cook not play. So, yes, the answer to your question is yes. Well, um, I will say that among things that we could have learned from yesterday, the fact that they finally got to this. And I, injuries kind of skewed it in the second half, but Mike Zimmer finally got to the point with Xavier Rhodes mm-hmm. in the first half, where mm-hmm. he said, "All right, you're platooning now. You're like a you're like a backup catcher. We're gonna kind of it's like Jason Castro and Mitch Garver. Uh, Mike Hughes is gonna be Mitch Garver because we believe he can hit bombs, and Xavier, you're gonna be Jason Castro. And hey, Mike Jason Hughes, Castro was productive too. Well, and and if that's what it takes mm-hmm. to to squeeze more out of Xavier Rhodes, perfect. Mm-hmm. But if Xavier Rhodes is not productive, and he's fatigued, and he's you're putting more mileage on his body. Then now, now you're just compounding your initial problem. But the fact that Mike Hughes came in and he played that second, uh, the second series, and he gets a big time third down pass deflection. I mean, that's all the validation you needed right there. Not that you needed any validation, but just you could just watch the first three months of Xavier Rhodes this season. But like that's probably the one main takeaway, which is Mike Zimmer finally got to the point yesterday and he said, "All right, hey." No longer are you just going to be out there on a regular basis. Uh, we're going to platoon you with the other first round draft pick guy. But so. doesn't it bother you that there was a better option and it took him until week fourteen to go to it? Because all this time I've given I've given him the benefit of the doubt. I've said, "Look, Zim, I understand he's loyal, and you did." But at the end of the day, he's an NFL head football coach. Those guys are cutthroat, and they're going to put out the best guys. You don't on bug a, me on a given week to give you the best chance to win a football game. Turns out. I might have been wrong if what we saw yesterday was real. Off that point, here's the one thing. Okay, you're playing Detroit. It. Why did Delvin Cook play? That was the ideal game. He's injured. He had 18 carries. There was no reason. Madison's a nice player. He's a good draft pick. 
bravo, Rick Spielman, nice pick. Why not let the kid just play? Well, but first and foremost, you can't lose the game. I understand. You're not, you're not just going to go into the game and treat it like a preseason game. But you've you have got to win the game. No, no, and I'm not. I'm not suggesting resting healthy players. I'm suggesting that Dalvin Cook got hurt that last game. If to, if anything, God forbid, if he gets hurt against the Chargers, you're probably done. You need him in that playoff yeah, game. But, but Judd, if so, the Detroit game is the perfect game to rest him. But if he's able to play, and he was, he was able to go out there and play. Yep. Let's look at the flip side of this, okay? The Lions have led in every game they've played this season. That was an amazing stat that was thrown out yesterday during the broadcast. And when the Vikings jumped up 17 to nothing, that was the largest deficit the Lions had faced. I am not suggesting the Lions with a third-string quarterback right. are a great team. But I am saying that they've been leading and or in close games all year. And so if you go in, and let's flip around what you just said, and Dalvin Cook is able to play, but you know what? It's the Lions. Screw it. And you have a Buffalo Bills-like performance from last year, and you just come out flat, and you're down, or you have a the performance you had against Chicago earlier this year where you just don't show up, mm-hmm. and your best offensive weapon is on the sidelines, you'd be kicking yourself if you didn't play him. So I have no problem with them going out and saying... This this should be a must or this should be an easy win on the schedule, but yep. like let's make sure it's an easy win by putting guys on the field that can make an impact. If it went Dalvin Cook down to Mike Boone, I, I'd agree. But the fact that Cook got hurt the previous game and, and the fact that this gave you a unique opportunity to not rest him as a healthy scratch, but he's hurt, made a ton of sense. It made a ton of sense to say if you didn't have a replacement for him, I'm with you, but you did, and the guy's just fine. If if you could get through that game then and get Dalvin Cook to those last three games as healthy as possible, I think you got to at least weigh it. But is there any evidence to suggest that if he didn't play in that game yesterday that he would be feeling better against the Chargers? It sounds to me like this is just going to be something that lingers the, the clavicle shoulder as situation. As much time off as but I can get that's the him, case, I'm, I'm just going to keep him out of harm's way as much as possible. Because I'm... Regardless of what it is, you can get more seriously hurt, and especially when you're compensating for an injury. They were talking yesterday about the fact that he spent much of the week of practice figuring out how to fall and watching like Navy SEAL video on tuck and roll and how to fall without injuring yourself. Seriously, that's what they said yesterday during the game. They said he was watching Navy SEAL videos on how to tuck and roll without injuring yourself. I don't like that. Yeah, but that's but like what you guys are saying. Is such an By easy way, thing to say. Parkour but I said that yesterday. I said that last parkour. week. Though. I said it going in. Okay, that's fair. I said that going in. And and my new job, in fact, you know what? For all sports, common sense coach. Call me with common sense questions. <laughs> Should Delvin Cook play? Mike, no, he shouldn't. Thank you. Click. Should we rotate roads at cornerback, Judd? Absolutely. Click. Thank you. I want to be common sense coach. For those decisions that are hard for you to make Here's because the thing, they're though. individual, they're tough, you like the guy, I can bring common sense. Here's the thing. If you're questioning it, you don't know that it's common sense. Common sense ain't as common as it should be, Judd. How can we help people get over that? I don't know. I don't know. They don't know to call you because they don't see it as common sense. They're sitting there overthinking it going, no, Xavier <laughs> Rose has been good for a long time. He can't just be bad now. That's not a thing. That's, they, don't, they don't think like that. They just go, no, he must still be good. He's been good all this time. He must still be good. Yeah, I don't know if I I, I, I... I hear what you're saying. I don't know if I have a huge problem with... So it clearly took them... Like, it wouldn't have happened at the beginning of the year. You were going to go into the year. So sometime between, like, the beginning of October and now, so like a seven- to eight-week stretch, there was a gray area decision to be made on Xavier Rhodes. And they mm-hmm. finally made it yesterday. 
They finally made it yesterday. Did it co- did did it cost them a game? Maybe, I don't know. Might maybe, maybe it cost yeah. the Seattle game. The Seattle yeah, I don't game. know if it did. People yeah. have scored touchdowns because Xavier Rhodes is out there. When you watched Rhodes on on film from above and saw that he could not run, it was at that point because that's not that's not this. He's been a great pros pro, and we're screwing him. That's a uh, he can't run. The Seattle game, he's limping behind the guy, and I saw the same thing against the Broncos as well. So I don't think it was that tough at that point. Not to say that we're benching you, we're not going to dress you for games, but to say let's go to something that that if you do play, let's say thirty snaps, they're the best thirty snaps you can possibly play, yep. as opposed to fifty snaps. Yep. And uh, and now they have that in place, and we'll see if they can run the table. If they don't run the table, they will be playing road games. Even if they do run the table, they will be playing road games most likely. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Score North, and the Score North app. Our guy Ryan in Fargo. What's happening, Ryan? Oh, not too much. I just had a quick question for Rami. Yes. Uh, how was the chair shot after you got the heel turned by Mackie there just a couple minutes ago? <laughs> <laughs> I'm cut. I'm cut open. There's blood everywhere. <laughs> God. <laughs> anyway, I digress. The, the reason I called is I think they just don't look past teams like the Bears or the Chargers and just maybe fine-tune the defense a little bit, get people healthy. I think they can be a good they can be a good beat in the pl- or a good win for the playoffs. And you know, Super Bowl, I don't know, but just stay on target. Go for the goal. Ryan, thank you for the uh, appreciate for the phone call and for the the wrestling analogy. <laughs> Always appreciate your wrestling. I don't think analogy. you're going to catch this Vikings team overlooking anybody from this point on. You got to assume, and that, that's why that, they played Dalvin Cook yesterday. That they're pretty locked in at this point. I still would have said them. If there if there is a team to look past, it's next week in the Chargers. Oh no no no! You can't. No, do- but I mean, if oh, there is yeah. a team that they would look past, it'd be it'd be next week in the Chargers. Chargers looked pretty good yesterday. Maybe that was their come their come to life once at the end of the season game. After that, you might be playing for the division and the Packers, and I, yeah. I don't think anybody on that Vikings team, regardless of record, is taking the Bears lightly because of how that's gone since Kirk Cousins got here. Yeah, six five one six four six eight two five five. Here he is, so, our guy Randy in oh, Cottage Grove. Oh, Randy. Randy, Randy in Cottage Grove. What's happening, What's up, man? Randy? Vikings, Vikings nine and four. Yeah, it should and should be eleven and two. At least, but yeah, if but they would, if they would have sat uh, Xavier Rhodes, well, we, if we would have sat Rhodes, if Kirk would have got his head out of his ass in Green Bay at the end of that game, if we didn't get a job in the end, so I could go on. We probably honestly should be twelve and, and one, but uh, it should maybe just be undefeated, Randy. Well, I mean, every game they've had a chance to win, every single game. You know, so I, you're you're not wrong. Uh, well, he, my my situation. Well, first of all, I, I heard somebody, uh, one of the guys there earlier said that there was said something that they're they're a good team, not a great team. Who was that? That was Jeff. Why why would he? Uh, who, why did he say that? that that's that's bogus. That this is a squad that that went on the road to Seattle and gave them every bit of that game, every bit of that game they wanted. They went on the road and they almost took it. Okay. And then, then, and then Seattle beat San Fran in San Fran, as as they say, in the Bay Area. So th- this is a great squad. And this is a nothing but a positive day, and that was a, a good, a good solid day at the office. Randy, do you uh, do you feel like the Vikings are in the mix, as they say? 
Oh hell yeah! No, they're 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 right there. I mean, it, we're we're gonna win out first of all. You got to win out, and you got to hope the, the. I guess that the Packers do need to drop what I, I was mistaken on that uh, previously, but um, we're, you know we're gonna win out. Uh, we're gonna win. Packers are gonna drop one. We're gonna sneak into that division crown. Little little twelve. If I told you guys when the season started that we're gonna go twelve and four, you'd say bring it on. Okay, that's a hell of a season. I agree with Randy. And we're just getting started. We are just getting started. And I think yesterday was a clean, very nice, clean sheet, very nice, good good workman day at the office. And uh, I'm pleased to be back on the positive side. And uh, I have a stud stable. I was hoping you would. Yes. I was hoping you would. You knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I was hoping you would. All right, we can carve out a little time here for you, Randy. You can go ahead uh, and start uh, my theme song. Hey, Randy, just so you know, we are going to get to some Twins hot stove stuff shortly. So, uh, you know, let's. Nobody uh, nobody cares about that. All right. We'll uh, we'll go ahead and start the stable. This is your theme song, huh? Okay. All right, let's fire up the music here. So, let's speed through the stud stable here, Randy. All right. This is the Vikings and the Lions, Randy's stud stable, off of a delicious victory against the Lions. Let's start with the defense. I saw a lot of things to like yesterday. A lot of things to like. Daniel Hunter, three sacks, fastest guy ever in the history of football to have this many sacks at his age. Daniel Hunter, he's a stud Involved Joseph, he's just moving and shaking, plugging up holes and sniffing out the run. He's a stud. Shamar Stephen, he's a guy a lot of people overlook. Not anymore. Shamar Stephen, you can hold your head up high. You're a stud. Harrison Smith, I guess that hamstring's feeling a little bit better. He was an awful lot better after a victory, doesn't it, 2-2? Harrison Smith, he's a stud. Anthony Harris, Mm. who that dude? Coming flying off the edge. Making tackles like it's his job, because it is. Anthony Harris, you're a stud. Let's switch over to the offense for a bit before we move on to special teams. They're special team studs, Randy. Stephon Diggs going deep and finding the rock. Hmm. Put right on the spot. Diggs and Kirk Cousins. Combo platter. Double studs. Wow. Double hey, stud. Is that yeah. the first ever double stud? That's Delvin Cook, we yeah. know you were a little dinged up. You had a bruiser against Seattle. You gave it your all, even if we throttled back on your carries just a touch. That's okay. Delvin, you're a stud. Yeah, Randy, we got time for about one more stud here. Uh, if you Alexander wrap up. Madison. Uh, Randy. I said it before, and I keep saying it. You are a second fiddle with a first-string attitude. Alexander Madison, once again, you're in Randy's stud stable. You're a stud. All right, thanks, Randy. Awesome, man. Tyler hey. Conklin. Ra- really like the stuff Randy. you're doing out there lately. You fade him out again. Got a serious <laughs> we got to fade flag. him. You come out of the... All right. Fade him out. Oh, right. whoa, 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 whoa. Aren't you guys curious about special team studs? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm pretty good, actually. I'm, I think I'm good. I think, you know I how think many stations are talking hot stove right now? We're the only station in town with a stud stable. Is he still going? 
Put him back up, John. Yeah, he's still going. He's on defense now. Yeah, he was already on defense. We didn't need to bring you back. Well, you've proven it now. Anthony Barr, you're a stud. Wow. Eric Kendricks, old number 54, still got a few tricks up his sleeve. Really like the way that you're coming across the middle and delivering the pop at the point of contact. Oh, yeah. Eric Hendricks, you're a stud. All right. Okay. All right. That's, uh, we'll <laughs> yeah, now we need to fade him out. You, you wanted really to wait until special Okay, team? Jonathan, take you notes. Back to defense. Take notes on the special team stud stable because I'm curious <laughs> who made it from the special teams. Wasn't he, didn't he go from defense yes. to offense when we faded him down the first time? Yeah, he was supposed to be on special <laughs> then teams. he was back on defense when we potted him back up? Oh, I think he might go through the entire active roster. Is it possible he thinks Anthony Barr is on special teams? That's possible. I mean, Randy does drink during the games. So. Second, it's, the bar gives out touchdown what's the line? shots. Second string with, uh, a, for, with a first string uh, attitude. <laughs> Second fiddle with a first oh, string you. attitude. Like Get that. it right. That's Jeff. right. Thank you. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. That's uh, that's Randy Studstable on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Whew. When we come back, gentlemen, the baseball hot stove is as hot. As it can possibly be. And the Twins are rumored to be in on yet another stud pitcher. We'll talk about that when we come back here. Let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company for a brief moment here. You want to talk about a bunch of studs. The people at Federated, they're stud, are studs. When it comes to helping business owners, giving business owners peace of mind, you pour your life and your energy into your business hours and hours a day. The last thing you want is for something to happen that puts you on the defense. That's where Federated comes in, based in Owatonna, Minnesota, for over 100 years helping business owners, not just in Minnesota, but around the country. They have a century of experience in standing behind business owners. There's a full list of categories that Federated protects. You can find it at federatedinsurance.com, but it includes auto services, contractors, dealerships, machine, plastics, and tooling, wholesalers, retailers. Uh, Again, federatedinsurance.com. For that full list. And uh, Federated on that website is also here with a Federated marketing representative to talk to you, give you a face-to-face relationship and someone you can count on. Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Twins Hot Stove stuff next. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll start off with a reminder. Download the Score North mobile app and register for listening rewards because this month, one lucky app user will win a $200 Amazon.com gift card just for having and registering their Score North mobile app. And you'll also have the chance at many other great prizes just for listening. All you have to do is download the app, register the app, and enter through listening rewards or just listen to scorenorth.com and you have your chance at winning a $200 Amazon.com gift card just for having and registering the Score North mobile app. It's peak Twins hot or MLB hot stove season. And according to John Heyman, Sergio Romo is drawing significant interest. A's, Twins, Marlins, Phillies, Red Sox, perhaps even the Giants. Where Romo won one rings deal will likely come at winter meeting. Sergio Romo pitched 27 times for the Twins last year. Pitching with a 3.18 ERA. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Gentlemen, the winter meetings are off to the races in San Diego. And it's not like the last couple of years where all the big names wait until February or March to sign. Steven Strasburg, earlier this afternoon, agreed to a seven-year, $245 million contract to go back to 
the Washington Nationals. That's $35 million a year, and it's the largest in bulk guaranteed contract. Full no trade clause, everything. It's the largest contract uh, ever doled out to a pitcher in Major League history. So I think now if you're a team like the Twins, uh, I mean, that kind of sets the Garrett Cole market, too. Garrett Cole is going to get at least $35 million a year because he's younger and he's better than Steven Strasburg. But if you're the Twins, um, doesn't that Strasburg deal just sort of expedite the process of Madison Bumgarner and Ryu signing pretty quickly? Like, there's parameters now. All the there, There's been pitchers who have signed, like Cole Hamill signed for a year down here, mm-hmm. and then you had Zach Wheeler signed right here, and now uh, Steven Strasburg has signed right here. So. And Garrett Cole, they think, is probably going to happen in the next day or two. So, yeah, the, market, the market's been set. Yes. What's Mad Bum going to get? What, he wants a hundred five mil. years, hundred million. Okay, so he he wants five years and potentially eighteen million less than Wheeler got. Is that right? It sounds like he's going to want at least twenty million dollars a year so on what, a five year. What would you do? So if if you're the Twins right now and you can approach the Mad Bum camp and just say, "Let's get this done," what would you offer right now, just to sort of to try and end this? Um, I would start with five years, a hundred million, and see what he says. And if it's a no, I, I this is where it kind of depends on what you're looking for here. Madison, there's Madison Bumgarner and the name and the prestige of what he's been in the past and maybe what you can tap into getting him into a more forward-thinking pitching organization. Sure. But then there's the actual performance last year and over the last few years of Ryu, the Dodgers pitcher who's on the market, 32 years old, so he's a couple years older than Mad Bum. More injury concerns, correct? Non-arm injury concerns, but he's had it's he's had like things here and there, uh, and I'd have to go get a full list of the things. But he, he's not he's not exactly pitching two hundred innings a year. Now, Mad Bum has also had some injury things in the last three years, but he was mostly healthy and and durable last season for the most part. Uh, I think Ryu is a better pitcher right now, mm-hmm. but I think Madison Bumgarner has some things that can be tapped into that. We just have to see about if he goes to the Twins or another smart organization. So, if it's equal money, I think I go Mad Bum. If it's if both are going for like twenty million dollars a year on a four or five year contract, if it's less money and and fewer years, I probably roll the dice on Ryu because I think they're both in that same category. They both make your rotation better. They're both playoff rotation caliber guys. Um, and I think how the many Twins years are you both. willing to go with Ryu? Not five. Not for a 32-year-old. Three? Three with an option? Three with an option would be great. Like a mutual option. Mad Bum, I'd be more willing to go five and know that it's the first three years that matter because the first three years I know I can win a World Series if I'm the Twins. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with those guys. I'm sort of in the same boat. I'd rather just go two years with Ryu, but if... That's the cost of doing World Series business. With You're saying with Bumgarner, you're looking at a five-year deal knowing that the last two or three years of the deal, probably not getting return on investment. Yeah. With Ryu, it's the same thing. If you're signing him to a four-year deal, again, the back half of that contract, you're probably not getting return on investment. Hopefully, you got to the finish line with him in the first half of the deal. The, the wear and tear um, concerns with Ryu worry me a lot. Mad Bum worries me, but but he's gotten hurt, what, riding his dirt bike, basically, flipped over that or something weird. Um, I, would much, I would prefer... Mad bum, but I'm trying to figure out at five years how much more if you know if a team because he he's got what three teams at least if not more hand handful of teams after him if they're going to go up to 110 115 now you're getting really rich I'm tempted to do it 
but it becomes it becomes difficult. Now, did, did you guys see the Star Tribune story on Sunday that basically said the Twins, the pitching market is not going the way that the Twins expected because it's so rich, and that the realization or the pivot might be this. Okay, we'll try and do as much as we can for pitching, but we're sort of stuck here, and we're going to now try and get more offense again. Which, See, that's that bothers me, and I am... I, I am not. Which a, I found to be very odd. <laughs> yes. And, and I'm not the guy who sits here and bangs the payroll drum. I understand the economics and the limitations when you're, when you're talking about Yankees TV network money coming in. All sure. the owners are billionaires. I don't want to hear, well, he's a billionaire. Polad's a billion. Like every owner's a billionaire. Yeah. They all operate within the constraints of whether their franchise is making money or not. And so I, like, I get that you're not going to be in on the Garrett Cole sweepstakes. But when it comes to this next tier, the Zach Wheeler tier, and the Mad Bum tier, and the Ryu tier. What did you expect? Like, what what are you shocked by? If that's true, if they if they went into the it, 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 let's say the the second tier of this of this free agency uh, pitching crop, and they said, "Whoa, holy cow!" Like Zach Wheeler is going to make twenty five million dollars a year. And my answer to that would be, "Yeah, yes." The top pitchers make thirty to thirty-five million dollars a year. I think it's the that's length, how much it costs. It's the length of the deal that I think tr- makes some people's jaw drop. But that doesn't matter for this Twins team. We're I not understand ta- that we're not talking about ten years, right? Like we're talking but about. But there's more offense, really. See that this is where I'm sort of stuck here. So if you do say, oh, okay, we can't sign Mad Bum, we can't sign Ryu, we're going to pivot, and our pivot is going to be to hit more home runs. Well, well that- one one that's going to be hard, and two. I don't think doubling down on offense is going to get you to the point of... I'm not saying that you can't win the AL Central again. Maybe you can. But if the next step is beat the Yankees, win a playoff series, I'm not sure that if you go back with Brios as your top starter, that's going to get you there. I think doubling down on offense gets you to the trade deadline as one of the best teams in the American League. If if your strategy for the first three months of the season is, all right, well, all right, we kind of whiffed on... Kind of thought the pitching market was going to be this, and the, or like in Zach Wheeler's case, he just didn't want to play here. It sounds like the Twins made one of the best offers, and his wife wanted to live in Philadelphia. And like, there's there's that factor too that could come into play with Madison Bumgarner. And sure. I'm sure if you're Bumgarner too, you want to see if the Angels whiff on Zach Wheeler, and now they come in and they want to give you 125 million dollars, uh, or the uh, Garrett Cole, I mean. Um, but I think. If you built up your offense more, I think it it beefs up your record leading into July, but it doesn't fix your pitching problem. But at least it gets you to a point where you can you can readdress the pitching problem in July. That's that's the only logic I can think of. So you're saying if they miss out on Bumgarner, Ryu, all the major players in this free agent market, yeah, make your team better. Just bash your way to the trade deadline at the end of July. But then, do you make that trade then? Which like what for a pitcher? Right, yeah, I mean, you should. Yeah, you should. I know you should, but we saw that. Last year, and you went and got Sam Dyson. Well, let's go back to this the pitching thing here because the, the the article you brought up is there's some interesting stuff in there from Lavelli Neely's down in San Diego, and he is essentially saying whether it's length of contract or amount of money on an average annual basis, the Twins were just a little bit caught off guard by uh, by the the waters not flowing their way with the pitchers. And I would say, let's break that down for a second. Are you shocked by the fact that really good playoff rotation caliber pitchers want twenty five million dollars a year? Because I wouldn't be scared off by that if I'm the Twins. You got the, you got the payroll flexibility. You don't, how many really bad contracts do they have on their books right now? Is I think the answer is zero. 
So it's okay. I would give them permission. It's okay to have a bad contract on your books. So let's start there. Okay, what constitutes a bad contract? To me, it's when you're locked into someone's age 34, 5, 6, 7 season. You can't foresee injuries. Uh, I mean, anyone can get injured at any time, especially pitchers, so it's hard to predict that. But if you're willingly locking into like an age 37 or 38 season, okay, that's a problem. So so make sure you're not doing that. Well, Mad Bum's 30, and we're talking about five-year deals here. How bad can that contract really be for the first three years, from age 30 through 32, 33? How bad can that contract really be? Like, how much can it really bite no, you? No, you're probably going to get your money's worth from Madison Bumgarner in that in that portion of the contract. That's what I'm saying. I don't care about the last year of that contract. Now, if that's an eight-year contract, all right, now let's have a conversation. He wants to be signed 35, 36, 37 years old. But if you think Madison Bumgarner helps you win a World Series in the next three years, and you have to tack on two questionable years at the end of it, that's right. that's not a crippling blow to this franchise. And if you're not going to do that contract now, you're never going to do it. You're never going to. Like, what What would be, if you say, it's too rich, the term's too much, we can't do it, with, with where your ball club currently sits right now and the way it's currently constructed, if that is your takeaway, that, that Falvey and Levine can't do that contract now, when are you going to do it? Yeah, and if you're not willing to do it, can you win a World Series, right? If you're not, and I would put the prospects trade in, well, then, the, in the same Well, then that bin. becomes a question. But then, I think you have to do both. Then, but what you just said becomes the key question, which is if you're going to, um, this winter, double down on offense and just try and bash your way to July 31st, are you going to now do something that a year ago you were in position to do and decided that, that you couldn't? Are you going to take... Lewis, Kirilov, to market and say, this time we'll do it. And it's not for Sam Dyson, right? Yeah. It's not for a bullpen arm. It's for a legitimate top of the line. And here's the other thing, too. It's for a guy who's probably going to walk. So we're not talking about get, getting a long-term guy. We're, we're talking about getting a pitcher who's on the market because his contract's up, which this team is not going to want to do. So... If that is your if that is your stance, bottom line, it's become too rich, then I would argue that you are never going to find yourself in a comfortable position to say, but this is the time that we're going to pull the trigger on that contract. And the thing is, it's not it, – let's just look at the economics of this for a second. They just had a great year at Target Field. It's, it's not too rich. It's not like – the ask isn't bloat the payroll to $150 million here. The ask is just have a payroll around the same that you had last year. And take a risk that might come back to bite you in year four or five, but you know is probably going to help you in the first couple of years. Um, another interesting nugget here from John Heyman. Reckless speculation. He said Sergio Romo is drawing interest from the Twins, A's, Marlins, Phillies, Red Sox, and a couple other teams, and he's likely to make his decision at the winter meetings this week. I think you got to bring back Sergio Romo, too. I don't so know a lot of teams that are in on. So who, who all was in on that? A's, Twins, Phillies, Red Sox, Marlins. Marlins want him back. They want him back. And a couple other teams, he said, that might jump in on the Sergio Romo. Good leader, good pitcher. If he's your third best reliever coming out of the bullpen. Guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's his price? Doesn't say. But I can't imagine it's much more than three, four million dollars a year. Yeah, it's a lot of teams. So um, I think right. I think you need. You also just need some guys who've it, it, some guys who've been there before who can sort of be a calming influence sure. on young pitchers who haven't necessarily. But um, if they came away this week and they landed 
They brought Sergio Romo back, and they landed either Ryu or Madison Bumgarner. A-plus, best offseason in Twins history. Did you see the latest on Josh Donaldson? Reckless speculation. 34 years old and now being seen increasingly as a candidate for a four-year deal. What? Yeah. Four years? Four years. I don't see a number attached to it money-wise. Are there teams attached to it? uh, I don't see any teams necessarily attached to it in the support from MLBTradeRumors.com. Give me Mad Bum. Forget about it. Forget about Josh. Forget about Josh Donaldson. 34 years old, four-year deal? Yeah. I, I will made take my three million last year, so you got to think the annual is going to be somewhere in that range. I will take my chances with a horse of a starter who is about to turn thirty, correct, on a five-year contract. Forget the thirty-four-year-old third baseman who's going to want to be signed till the age of thirty-eight or thirty-nine. I'd much rather be the pitcher. Yeah, I'm with Judd on this. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm with Judd on this. Um, and I just saw this nugget come across on the Steven Strasburg contract in terms of like which contract would you rather be on the hook for? So Strasburg's deal is the ninth largest guaranteed contract in the history of baseball. And it falls right between the guaranteed contracts of Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols. Mm. Oh, here you go. And, Robins- and Robinson Cano. Those did not work out. <laughs> None of those three worked out for their respective teams. It's more likely that a $100 million contract is going to pan out as opposed to a $200 million contract, I think, if you're studying baseball history. The only, numbers, history. The only numbers in this Josh Allenson report says uh, he was looking for three years, $75 million. Going into the offseason, some think the the annual salary might go down if there is a fourth year added on to that. Okay. Would you guys be in for three years, $75 million, maybe a fourth-year team option? I want the pitching, personally, so I'm not worried about him. Wow. I mean, you can move Sano over to first. You got your third baseman uh, all set. Am I getting a pitcher, too, or am I making a decision here? Something I need to know. If I'm making a decision here, I'm going pitching. I'm sorry. I want the top of the rotation guy, and I'm going to pay him. Yeah, if it's, I mean, if you're if you're saying you can either give $100 million to Madison Bumgarner or you can give $75 million to Josh Donaldson. Let's say it's I mean, a it's, Josh Donaldson signing in a John Gray type of trade. Oh, in. Oh, if I get both of those? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that'd be good. If you get both of those, it doesn't make the Josh the Donaldson John, contract less risky. But And what's the John Gray trade, too? Right. That's What's the my price question. you're going to pay there. I, I have a feeling that these guys will be as hesitant to give up the price of the prospects or more so than the actual cash itself. Yeah, but, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I'm not defending it. I'm saying my my gut tells me that these guys are, are going to be loath to give up their top prospects. They also just offered $100 million to Zach Wheeler. Yeah. So, like, they're clearly willing to splash a little bit here. Yes. And they're clearly willing to part with large sums of money for pitching. So, like, once you've committed to $100 million in your head, what's the real, like, what really is the difference between $100 million and $125 million at that point? Yeah, nothing. It's a party. I get that it's not our money. We're spending billionaire money here. But, like, if you've committed in your head to well, spend that, that much put money. Put that in terms we can understand. You're out at the bar. You've spent $100. Is another 25 really a big deal to buy a round of shots? No. Probably not. No, because I'm to you're already bucks. 100 in. And plus, I'm drunk, so I don't care. Exactly. I'm not going to remember till tomorrow. That's the key. Thad and Derek need to get drunk tonight <laughs> at the winter meetings. Hey, it's San Diego, man. And go just sushi. Hey, Madison, <laughs> we'll make it one twenty-five. You know what? Sushi place, some good beer, some fine wine. Next thing you know, mm. we'll make it worth your while. 
Reckless speculation. Uh, so, two, so two questions on the board. Tweet us your answers or call in 651-646-8255. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Question number one on the, the Twins hot stove front. Would you give $100 million to Madison Bumgarner? Not the same guy he was five years ago. He's been uh, banged up a little bit the last three years. Uh, was was better last year than the previous two years. He's 30 years old. Would you give $100 million to Madison Bumgarner? Tweet us at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad, at Rami is tweeting. And the other question is, what do you want to see from the Vikings the next three weeks? Chargers, Packers, Bears, to make you feel good about their chances to go deep in the playoffs. Mike in Burnsville, you're on the show. What's up, Mike? I don't know what you guys are, are throwing around there. We're obviously going to sign pitching when we get that new ballpark, so you're just wasting your breath. <laughs> well, should we start petitioning for another new ballpark right now so the Twins will sign Madison Bumgarner? As long as there's a room. So, it. it was about three hours ago. Are you telling me the Stinky Bob thing didn't fall through? No, stink, through? Stinky Bob's report has not has not. I didn't come hear this. Fruition. Oh, man, Rami, fill, fill Judd in. Reckless speculation. I, 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 don't, I don't want to misquote Stinky Bob, so let me pull up the report from his uh, from his Twitter account. Let's see here. Stinky Bob is a random oh, you guy. Got it? All right, he's. A, I don't have it in front of me. Oh, but here the greatest it is. Twitter name of all time. At Doctor Stink MD. Is oh, how, he's is a doctor. That's how you can follow him. Have some respect. Yes, at Doctor Stink MD. Mm-hmm. And just to clarify, he's from Detroit. Has no connection to either San Francisco, Madison Bumgarner, or the Twin Cities, as far as we know. Okay. But he is reporting something on Twitter here. I'm trying to find it now. He's reporting on. He's got all. Now he's in the business. Well, after the Madison Bumgarner report earlier, he's in the business now. He's tweeting stuff about reckless speculation. Pistons like this report we were talking about earlier has gone way, way down his timeline. I can't even follow it. He's reporting that the Twins are going to sign Madison Bumgarner five years. $145 $145 million. That's what it was. Okay. I wanted to make sure I had the numbers Well, this right. poor That's guy a, is a Detroit again, sports fan. Don't torment him. He is a random guy on Twitter with no credibility. And per his sources, Cole is projected to receive more from the Yankees than Strasburg got today. Bumgarner to the Twins should be announced shortly after the uh, the uh, the Strasburg deal is, is made official, according to him. So we'll just uh, we'll break that live, courtesy of... And What's by the, the guy's way, name again? That is uh, Dr. He's Stinky? At Dr. Stink MD is how you follow Stinky Bob. Okay. Here's why I really called. I, I love you guys. I don't even listen to the other station anymore. Dude, thank, um, thank you, Mike. I, I call in once in a while, but I'm calling you guys out on two things. You guys like getting called out. Oh, I don't we, mind. We, we actually, I don't mind. We, we have actually a whole segment. I'm very sensitive, so be careful with my feelings. Number one, it took me about seven years, but I finally figured out who the. Uh, famous fake caller is at the other station. Now my quest is to figure out Score North Randy. What do you mean fake? Who's a fake? You know fake. you know what I mean. I don't know what you mean. Listen Number two. All right. Did you guys just have like a production meeting and say how how can we ask a new question to to fill time and, and get more more answers on stuff. I know. How about what do I have to see? You know what I have to see? Them score one more point than the other teams. Are you talking about the Vikings? Yes. Oh, okay. No, I, I think that there Listen, is... Listen, Mike, we're going to let you in on an honest little secret here, okay? That yeah. game, Judd and I were just talking about this. Judd and I have been doing Vikings Ventline, and we've been doing a show together for like seven years. 
By the way, yesterday's vent line was not up to par as usual. No, that's the point. Are you surprised? Like, yes, honestly, <laughs> was the game. Yesterday's game was the most boring, dull Vikings game and Vikings win. You try making good Dude, radio out of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think I'm making good radio right now. I mean, there are like 10 preseason games, I could tell you, that had more intrigue, including two of the Sloter games this year. Than yesterday, that's what we Vikings needed yesterday was Kyle Sloter because he's now the backup yeah, in Detroit. You couldn't even put Kyle Sloter in the damn game for five snaps. Matt Patricia, make it fun. I called for that on Ventline today. I said, but, why didn't but you? But the other Sloter? thing that that doesn't make sense about your question: What do I need to see? It doesn't matter what you see from one week to the other in the NFL, and you guys know that. No, I don't think that's actually true. To be honest with you, I don't. I think there are things that you could take away. From, I think there there were fewer things from yesterday's game that you could take away in terms of figuring out the big picture with some the things, Vikings. Yeah. But some things there are things you can take away just about every week. Some more than others, but there are things by, you can take away the way, every week. Not so not so much for Rami, but Phil and Judd, you do know what's going to happen these last three weeks with the Vikings, don't you? They're going to win two out of three, but so are the Rams. I have no idea what you're talking about. That never happens here. It's uh, it's thanks, guys. Be a very thanks, Vikings. Bye. Appreciate the very Vikings-like thing for the Rams to catch them. Or the well, the ultimate would actually be a, a weird Bears comeback, because then obviously there'd be one person on the show who'd be very happy about it, while we were left shaking our heads. I mean, this does. Mitch Trubisky makes the playoffs. This does have the makings. <laughs> if the Vikings drop the ball, it has the it makings of that O three season where they started six and zero and then they just soiled themselves down the stretch. So let's let's talk openly about things like that so that we can exercise those demons around here. We don't have to avoid the uh, past them, past Vikings failures. Just, I don't mind having those. Just sign pitching, okay? <laughs> just sign pitching. I'm okay with those. I'm not worried about the Vikings right now. Just get a pitcher. But like honestly, that game yesterday. It's it's it is legitimately one of the most nondescript Vikings wins. It was, and I feel like those Lions games always the Lions home game always comes at like the same point in the schedule where the Vikings just came off a devastating national TV high profile game loss, yep. and then the Lions come to US Bank Stadium or the Metrodome the next week, and it's just a nondescript get right game for Minnesota. But the Lions won twice here in in, in the, the last, last twenty years. Yeah, yeah, they they won. That's uh, it. Back-to-back games here against Zimmer's team in what two thousand would have been sixteen, seventeen, or fifteen, sixteen. But I think they've only won a couple times. But that in was it. in the last twenty years. But that reminded me of of a week seventeen game where one team is locked in completely, and the other team does not care. That's yes. how Detroit played. Yes, and that's what you have to hope for in some ways for the uh, was week seventeen for, game against the Bears. But was asking for Kyle Slaughter really that much? <laughs> That's all I wanted was some Kyle Sloter time. It would have made time. It would have made me happy. Sloter's dad, the whole Sloter family. <laughs> Whatever. Now we forgot about Kyle Sloter real quick after Kirk. Remember, with, like the people who legitimately thought that Kyle Sloter should replace Kirk Cousins as the starting quarterback. Three oh months yeah, ago? yeah, yeah. And now Kirk's got uh, the number one passer rating in the NFL. I, you know, I don't, where are I, those clowns? I, right I don't know. That hurt my brain when I saw that. I didn't because you guys knew that was a thing. I didn't know that was a thing yet when I saw people start tweeting about Kyle Sloter oh, yeah. and get him in the game. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't just like make the thing. make the roster a thing. It was replace Kirk Cousins a thing. That's what it was. He's legitimately a better quarterback. Was their case and if awful that's, what preseason games. And if that's the case, when your third string undrafted quarterback is getting rocked like he was yesterday, yep. Yeah, you get in the game if you had real to quick. Hit that reckless speculation sounder if you would please. Reckless speculation. Another random guy is reporting a major signing in Major League Baseball, but this guy 
got the Kawhi prediction right last year and the Manny Machado prediction right last year. So he's on to something. Is this a Twins prediction? No. Uh, saying Garrett Cole will sign with the Yankees. Primetime Sports at underscore Prime Sports with a Z says that <laughs> Garrett Cole will sign with the Yankees. And he, he got both those predictions right last year? He got Kawhi and Manny Machado right Because he claims year. he did or because we know he did? No, he did. He okay. did, according to this article that I'm reading. Garrett Cole he had, he to didn't the have, Yankees, though, not very tough. He didn't have the exact numbers on Machado, but he was close. And he did have Kawhi before anybody else right. signing with the well, Clippers. Garrett Cole's not that tough. Dude, I'm just sitting on MLB Trade Rumors Twitter account, just refreshing you know, like a madman. The Ryan Braun, remember when Ryan Braun first got busted for PEDs? Mm-hmm. A high school kid first reported that. <laughs> that kid is now a reporter for MLB.com. Is that the uh, like Chris Cotillo kid? No, his name is Kurt Hogg with two G's. <laughs> Need that extra G in there? <laughs> Need that extra G in there. <laughs> Good for that guy. He was in high school at the time, and I, I think he knew the uh, the guy who messed up the test that led to the whole appeals process and him winning his appeals process. His family was friends with that family. So he got the scoop before anybody else went to journalism school and now is a reporter for MLB.com. Boy. Launching careers, man. Never know, man. Launching careers. Twitter's a crazy place. Uh, two things real quick. There is, and you'll hear this in an hour on Score North, uh, right after our show is over, but Roycey and Wetmore just did a uh, special episode of the Score North Twin Show, which you can find the Score North Twin Show anywhere you find podcasts. Also, Minnesota Sports Rewind, Judd, Derek, and I just released a look back at the Johan Santana trade, the most prominent trade in Twins history, and some of the what-if scenarios. What if... They had taken the John Lester package. What if they had taken the Yankees deal that was on the table? Minnesota Sports Rewind, if you want to check that out. The rest of this week at noon, we'll have Score North Twins shows. Tomorrow, we'll have uh, Perk with us at 1220, Dan Hayes at 1230, efforting Jim Bowden. And the rest of the week at noon, we'll have a awesome. uh, Twins show, Hot Stove Edition at noon. So we got you covered. Back to football here when we come back to Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Tom Pelissero from NFL Network to help us sort out NFC playoff bracket carnage but let's talk about luther brookdale toyota 694 and brooklyn boulevard where my family and i have been going for 30 plus years been driving around with my four-wheel drive a 2019 rav4 great safety features great technology uh, in fact it's uh, it's just a, a lot of fun with apple carplay and the entune system built into the dashboard it's a lot of fun to see my rav4 essentially transformed into a smartphone and i can just kind of toggle around to whatever i want to listen to whether it's the score north app whether it's the Apple Podcast app, uh, where I, I'm trying to think what I was listening to on the way in today. Uh, actually, it was the. Uh, do you guys ever listen to Dateline NBC podcasts? I didn't know that like was those a mur- thing. like murder no. specials. Keith Keith Morrison. Do they have Keith Morrison on it? Oh yeah, greatest oh, voice Keith, ever, dude. Keith Morrison. There's there's one that I just got done listening to. It's called the thing about Pam, and that's the thing about Pam. <laughs> Ah, see, yeah. Him it's going to break murder. is the greatest thing of all time. Dude, it's so yeah. creepy. And when we come back, more Keith intrigue from a sleepy town. <laughs> <laughs> more intrigue from Luther Brookdale Toyota. Could that be a nice? 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard. <laughs> Wonder what those taste like. Poop them right out. Nice. Mm-hmm. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami.
Yeah, 11 sounds like a lot. I don't even know if I can remember all the, the 11 players, but uh, it says something about the system and uh, maybe the way the defense was playing to take certain people away and also points out how our screen game and our, our play-action game oftentimes can get an opportunity for a running back, a fullback, tight end and those are some of those guys usually aren't you know primaries in the route but they end up actually getting the football quite a bit you know when when they take other people away Kirk Cousins talking about spreading the ball around yesterday highlight courtesy of Fox NFL it's Mackie and Joe with Rami here on Score North and the Score North app where you can also listen to Purple Daily every day five days a week two to four o'clock Sage Rosenfels was in studio with Matthew Collar today and the Vikings vent line after the games and also five days a week late mornings here on Score North Tom Pelissero from NFL Network uh, we were all just kind of talking during the break and even last segment. From a Viking standpoint, it doesn't get a lot more dull than uh, yesterday's win over the Lions, but that's probably exactly what they needed after the the close shave loss to Seattle the week before. Well, Phil, I was at Packers Redskins, so I'm going to beg to differ <laughs> on that point. Uh, Fair enough, my friend. Not a, not a high, high pulse uh, in either game. Now, that was a the weird one in Green Bay. Packers race out 14 nothing. It looks for all the world like the Redskins are completely overwhelmed. And then Packers never really got a rhythm offensively, especially in their passing game. Aaron Jones had a monster day, 192 yards from scrimmage. But Redskins went around. Dwayne Haskins made some plays. Uh, the Vikings game, because I was in Green Bay, I didn't get to see as much of it, but talking to some people today about it, the one thing that shouldn't be overlooked was finally – after years of going against the Lions, they dominated at the line of scrimmage in a game against that team. You know, that's that's what Matt Patricia's tried to build into that program, the toughness on both sides of the ball. They want to run the football, stop the run, uh, especially in the first half yesterday uh, where the Vikings go up, you know, 17 to nothing before they probably get, you know, air on the conservative side in the second half there. They were pounding on both sides. You know, that, that's a really good sign because that's exactly the identity that Mike Zimmer wants this team to have. And coming off of a physical game, short week in Seattle, to respond the way they did in the first half, um, you have to be encouraged by that. Tom, have you noticed this season in in all your years covering the NFL more boring, nondescript games than we have had in the past? Because you're right. I mean, Phil talks about Lions and Vikings. You were at probably a tougher game to watch. Redskins and Packers, Browns and Bengals wasn't anything to watch yesterday. I mean, you look up and down the scoreboard of the NFL yesterday, and not a, not a lot that catches your attention, at least in my opinion. 48-46 in New Orleans didn't do anything for well, that, you there, that, that, that was one, but I'm saying that... When you they look, can't all be winners, baby. There's going to be some clunkers. You're not going to get A-level material. You don't start out a 20-minute comedy set and open with your best joke. You That's true. Until the medal. Fair. All Fair right? point. So, Fair point. Uh, yeah, but he saying... doesn't bomb on purpose like that Lions-Vikings game did. That, that should have got the uh, gong show hook. Yeah. I don't go to the comedy club and just start with some stuff I've never used before, Tom. It's usually at least pretty well, good to hey. start up. Yeah, but sometimes if you you feel like you're playing an easy room, you try out some new material, That's you true. see what hits, you see what doesn't. And, uh, you know, I, I think that there, there's a lot of good games. I mean, the Ravens-Bills game, even though that's low scoring, I mean, it's fascinating every week to me to see how different defenses try to stop Lamar Jackson because nobody's really had a, a good plan yet. Um you know, I think that there's there's a lot of good football. This is also the time of year where, I don't know if you saw what Dante Jackson from the Panthers said, ripping the coaching staff after the game yesterday about two horrible play calls mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Like, you're in that edgy time of year now 
where there's a bunch of teams have stuff to play for, and then you have a bunch of teams where everybody is just trying to survive till the end of the season. Uh, you, you find out who's still going to show up, who's still going to go play hard, who's going to tank out, who's going to rip coaches and hope everybody gets fired. Uh, it's 5 p.m. Central right now, so we I think we may be in the clear on a firing today. But yeah, there's a lot of people's jobs at stake on the stretch here. Um, you know, and there's also a lot of teams playing for a lot. I mean, I, I think that we've seen some matchups here in some teams, especially in the NFC. I mean, the the Rams even getting back into it last night. If the playoffs began today, the Rams wouldn't be in it. Who watched that game against the Seahawks and doesn't think L.A.'s a dangerous team right now? I mean, you can go down the list. The NFC is super competitive. And then with the AFC, with the Patriots, you know, over the past couple of weeks, Tom Brady's taken a lot of hits. They're struggling to gener- generate a lot of explosive plays, especially in the passing game. Uh, that might be more wide open than we've seen in recent years, too. So while the bottom may not look very good, I think the top of the league right now is super fascinating. There's going to be a lot of good playoff games. So, Tom, is Jared Goff back on track now? Because I can't, for, for the life of me, in watching Rams games, some weeks he looks okay, some weeks he looks completely lost and terrible, and, and then some weeks he, he looks great. So I can't, is Jared Goff, to, to put it in its uh, simplest terms possible, is he good or is this just an inconsistent quarterback who at times looks very competent and at times does not? Well, I mean, still, he's still a young quarterback. I know he just got paid, but you know, right. when you're in your fourth, fifth season, you're you're going to have some natural ups and downs. He also he, he's played well against the Seahawks. The two games against them this season have been probably his two best. Um, you know, but you know that offense in general, they they had a lot of things they had to overcome. The, the turnover in the offensive line there with John Sullivan, the former Viking, um, you know, being released. And then, you know, they let Roger Saffold walk in free agency. Uh, Andrew Whitworth is not young at this point. They totally remodeled that line. On top of that, they were trying to figure out what the right balance is with pushing Todd Gurley, getting the most out of him, but also not having that knee flare up. Uh, now that you're getting down the stretch here, you're seeing more of Gurley. I think that has a direct impact on golf playing well. Cooper Cup's a really good young receiver. They're, they're more healthy than they've been at the receiver position with Robert Woods out there. Brandon Cooks out there. They just they seem like they're hitting their stride at the right time of year. And I also think part of that's coaching. You know, I mean and I know that a couple of weeks ago they got their doors blown off on defense, but you know, it's almost like if you listen to, you know, radio talk shows, NFL network, whatever, you would have thought two months ago Matt Nagy has completely forgotten how to coach. Sean McVay has totally forgotten how to coach. There's there's that inevitable overreaction to some of the things you see, and then all of a sudden some of those teams that you know, really are well coached and young quarterbacks who, who go through a down stretch. Uh, they have the ability to come back right now. And I think that you're seeing some of those teams that the record maybe didn't reflect who they were earlier in the season starting to win some of those games. Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. And speaking of us, we have NFL Network on one of our TCL TVs here. And uh, a few minutes ago, we saw you and Mike McCarthy uh, breaking down film. We didn't have the volume up, but what were you doing with Mike McCarthy? I love the, we didn't have the volume up, but look good when you're talking. <laughs> you don't have to listen to you. Look pretty good. Uh, it was really, it was, it was really fascinating to talk to, uh, Mike McCarthy, who I've known since 2007 when I, I moved to the Green Bay Press Gazette and started covering the Packers. Uh, he had, he faced a lot of criticism for not evolving, for being complacent, uh, and things like that in his later years. If you watch, that TV feature, which you guys should again with the audio on, if you spend time with him like I did, this guy is anything but complacent. They have spent 
months now with him, uh, Jim Hazlitt, you know, the former Saints coach, longtime NFL assistant, Frank Signetti Jr., uh, who's been a longtime NFL assistant, and Scott McCurley. Those guys have broken down everything. They got two huge whiteboards in the upstairs living quarters. It's like a big man cave uh, in the barn behind McCarthy's house. And they have mapped out everything down to every scheme thing, every project they've taken on, uh, you know, all the league trends they're studying to what are we going to do for your player mental health? How are we going to staff these different areas? They have a total plan, the calendar through training camp for 2020. Like they are, they want to be able to walk in the door, flip on the lights and be ready to roll. And one of the most interesting things uh, in our time together was, you know, they're watching cutups that they've made through pro football focus and things, you know, third and short, uh, middle of the field, you know, deep crosses, whatever. And there's Packers clips from this year. And McCarthy's watching what Matt LaFleur is doing with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and all those guys. And, and Mike told me, like, you have to be honest with yourself. You need to stay in tune with what happened at the last place that you were. See what they're doing now. It's the only way that you, you learn and you grow. I mean, that was the big theme of McCarthy's entire year away here has been self-improvement you know and that goes down to spending more time with his family which he got very emotional talking about what getting back into the game means to them um you know getting a knee surgery uh, or multiple surgeries that he needed just to get back onto his feet he's working out he's doing all these different things in every facet he says he's going to come back as a a better you know coach a better friend a better husband all those things um you know just since my time with him this is a rejuvenated Mike McCarthy to the guy that I so often you seem worn out when I talk to him in, in the past couple of years. And the screaming on the sidelines, he he wants back in. He would never say that he's got something to prove, but you know he, he's got something that he feels like he wants to go out and accomplish here. And as Signetti told me, he goes, "I have no doubt that Mike's going to put another Super Bowl trophy in that case." So what, that's that's really interesting because he's not that old. You know, he's in his mid fifties, and for a guy who coached as long as he did, he's only in his mid fifties. So he probably has another decade left if he can if he can get a job and keep it. What kind of a situation makes the most sense for him? Would it be a young rookie type quarterback that he can mold, or would it be an established uh, in his prime veteran type quarterback where he doesn't have to do as much teaching? From my understanding, he is open to all opportunities, and he has done a lot of work on all the quarterbacks, the places, and he doesn't want to talk. And it's understandable as a coach, you don't want to talk about other people's jobs, but he has studied, I'm telling you, all the coaches, all the quarterbacks of the teams that he potentially could join, study the personnel, what they're doing. One thing he made clear is this is not a total teardown that he does not look at no matter where he goes. It's not just we're going to fire everybody, we're going to get rid of everybody. He thinks there's resources that you can really grasp onto within that building. Uh, but he wants to build it similarly. He wants to build it, have a heavy draft and develop component. He always felt like they could do more in terms of free agency and trade. He wants balance on the personnel side, thinks it's healthy to bring in people who have been a part uh, of other programs. Uh, you know, But it all depends where he actually ends up. I mean, just me talking, this is not for Mike, but just me talking, one of the teams playing tonight, the New York Giants, if they move on from Pat Shermer, which uh, certainly sounds like a possibility, getting Mike McCarthy with Daniel Jones and knowing what Jones does well would seem like a really good fit. Carolina, Atlanta, I mean, there, there's there's a bunch of places where you could see why this would make sense with Mike McCarthy. And, you know, for anybody sitting there and saying the thing that, you know, enough people have tweeted at me responding to the video and everything and the things I've heard for years of the, well, he had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Go back through the list of coaches right now 
who have had good quarterbacks. Mike McCarthy's got a higher winning percentage in the NFL than Sean Payton, who's had Drew Brees the entire time. They have the same number of Super Bowls. Nobody's sitting there saying Sean Payton just rode Drew Brees' coattails. It's a partnership. You know, Mike McCarthy played a role in grooming Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers said that for himself in a radio interview last year after that uh, the controversial Bleacher Report came article came out. Uh, you know, Mike's, Mike does good work with quarterbacks, and I've talked to other people within the league who say he does such a good job training those guys. That is going to be attractive at a time that, you know, teams don't have a lot of experienced options to choose from. It's basically Mike McCarthy, Ron Rivera, Jason Garrett, maybe if he were to come available, or you're going probably with, uh, you know, some of the younger coaches, Nick Sirianni, Kevin Stefanski potentially. Eric Bieniemy is a little bit older, a guy who was through Minnesota, uh, now down in Kansas City. Yep. Uh, guys who haven't done it. Everybody's got to make the choice. What are you looking for in the head coach? If you are going strictly on resume, there is no objective reason that Mike McCarthy should not be a top candidate in every search. Hey, Tom, what's your best guess about the number of jobs that are going uh, to be available after this year? Ballpark it for it me. It could be high. Uh, you know, I spent some time, I had some time on my hands in Green Bay uh, last weekend, so I was talking to a bunch of different people about that. You know, every year right now it seems like it's a little bit higher. It could be a little bit higher than it ends up being. Sure. But you've already got to, with the Redskins and Panthers, I don't think that I'm breaking any news by saying the Cowboys, the Browns, the Jaguars, the Giants, the Falcons, although, again, they keep playing hard for Dan Quinn, are all logical places that you would say there is a possibility they're going to make a change. And then you've got potential surprises. I, I don't know where those might be. There's usually one every year, whether it's a retirement, whether it's a, a one-and-done or a coach you didn't think was on the hot seat. How about Detroit, uh, you're, Tom? You're in that... Patricia has to be gone. This team has just quit. I, I wouldn't say they've quit. I, in fact, I, I had somebody with the Vikings tell me yesterday they thought that they did still play hard in that game. Uh, they're playing without Matthew Stafford. Okay, that that makes a huge impact. They should have won some of those games early in the season. They should have beaten the the Cardinals when they had them on the ropes in Week One. They should have. They they did beat the Packers, but for those two uh, hands to the face calls on Trey Flowers, uh, whatever that was, I think that was Week Five, whatever it was. I mean, you're talking about a completely different season if Stafford doesn't fracture his back and if you win even one of those games. Uh, I don't know. I mean, certainly they're a team that just based on the record you have to look at. Two years of it, they've not been able to, to turn things around. I also know the investments that they've made in those guys, how much money they still owe Matt Patricia and General Manager Bob Quinn, who got a contract extension. Quinn and Patricia are a team. I would not expect that Quinn uh, would fire Patricia. Does Martha Ford wake up and decide we need to move on? Anything is possible. Um, but they have when they hired Matt Patricia, they went in with a plan that it was going to take some time to completely turn over the roster, turn over the building, turn over the culture. It's been a losing culture, frankly, in Detroit for decades. That takes some time. It was not a quick fix type of a thing. Uh, again, none of that is to say that a change could not be made. Uh, but I would certainly, Judd, not say that that's a shoe in at this point. Uh, that is Tom Pelissero. And by the way, if you want to check out that Mike McCarthy feature, it's it's it, you can find it on NFL Network. It's going to pop up, I'm sure, a few times uh, tonight, tomorrow. But you can also just go to Tom's Twitter account, just at Tom Pelissero, and uh, it's a it's a four minute feature that's just on his Twitter account. Click play, and, and it's better and enjoy. with the volume up. It is. It's yeah. better with the volume up. <laughs> yes. Long oh. version and uh, full story on NFL.com as well. All that's linked at the uh, at the Twitter. Awesome, man. All right, Tom. We'll talk next week. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, guys.
That's uh, one of the best NFL reporters in the country there. And a fellow Minnesotan and a friend of ours, Tom Pelissero, doing some great work on uh, on Mike McCarthy. So that's such a – I feel like that's such a s- sort of standard story of like coach gets dream job, does well, but then things go awry and gets fired and has to go back to the drawing board, not only as a coach but in life, right? The things that he was talking about with Mike McCarthy – Working out, getting in better shape, reconnecting with family. Like, those are all things that almost every coach, up until maybe like the PJ Flex, Sean McVay era, maybe those are the types of guys in their 30s that are going to change it. But I, I haven't seen the story yet, but I read the, the piece that's attached to the story at NFL.com that Tom just mentioned. And he says in there, he flat out admits coaching in the NFL is a selfish profession. Like you are, you're taken away from your family. You can't be the best dad that, that that you could possibly be. You can't be the best husband that you can possibly be. It rips you away from your family for long periods of time. Not just the travel. These guys sometimes literally go to sleep and wake up in their office grinding tape. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is an unrelenting profession. And he 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 know. I think most guys know that, but there's sort of an addiction to it. And not just for Mike McCarthy. In the article, he also talks about how his family got used to got used to that life of Mike McCarthy being an NFL head coach, and they kind of want to get back to that themselves. See you, Dad. Bye. It's an addictive thing, man. See you, honey. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. I mean, there's. I, I do wonder though if there's a new way to approach it because like P, PJ Fleck puts in a bunch of time, Sean McVay puts in a bunch of time, and there's other young coaches. Uh, Kyle Shanahan puts in a bunch of time. Those guys are in shape. It, I, I almost feel like you have to find a more efficient way to go about it, and some of these newer coaches are probably doing that, where yeah. is there a more efficient way? Can you save two hours watching film this way or delegating these responsibilities to these people? I think people? that's the key thing. Delegation to me. That's the key thing because it's tough. Because you're not. there's no way you're as good of a coach on four hours of sleep as you would be on seven. Right. You know, that's, that's the thing that they don't understand, too. But I, I think a lot of these old school guys especially sleep there. They grind tape. Mike Zimmer was was going blind in one eye and attempting to grind tape. Just think about that for a second. Yeah, he literally risked losing an eye to coach football. He was going. He he had a surgery, I believe. The story was went back to the office to grind tape. Yeah, which is absolutely insane, but not shocking. Yeah. Uh, by the way, before we get to our Vikings nitpicks off yesterday's broadcast and game, oh, I, I want to hear these from the broadcast. <laughs> Auburn. Judd got what he wanted. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, yep. Judd got what he wanted. I want the test. Uh, he got the test. It's I want an, the test. It's an outback bull bid for our Minnesota Golden Gophers against one of the best teams in the country, not in the college football playoff, Auburn. So now that this now that this has happened, I wrote a what are your it. expectations? Because hang tight. I am going to close my eyes. Hang on. Hang close. Pray on behalf of the Gophers. Show me where you're at. How many four and five star recruits did you say Auburn 50. had to the? Show me where you're at. Auburn over the last five over the last four years, the last four recruiting classes has fifty give me four a gauge. and five star recruits. Gonna give me a gauge. I want a gauge. Tennessee I don't think bores you, me. I don't think you want those hands, man. <laughs> I'm with Mackey. Okay, you guys, you know what? Then if get, they get out of the boat. If they get, <laughs> get out of the boat, I'm rowing to Tampa. If they get smoked by twenty or thirty, the blood's on your hands, old guy. Oh, that's fine. The blood is on I your can hands. handle it. I can take it. I can do that time. No problem. Uh, this would be an interesting roundabout way to, really to equal your 2003 record of 10 and 3, wouldn't it? It would be uh it would be a roundabout. You know what? This is what PJ wants, right? PJ wants. PJ wants a test. 
I think uh, Wisconsin and Iowa. What if Fleck came out? What if Fleck came out and said, oh, "No, actually, I didn't want this at all." No, I didn't. This is uh, I'm with Mackey. Actually, terrible. And Rami, I did, if he came out, he was like, "I did not want those hands." Yeah. <laughs> I will not be rowing the boat. In fact, I won't be coaching that game. Was not looking for those hands. Those were not the hands that I want. In fact, I'm going to be spending January 1st with my family because I won't be anywhere near that stadium because this is not what I wanted at all. On tomorrow's show. I just want to make sure that Rami doesn't stumble into a list of bowl games between now and tomorrow. Can you please avoid a list of college bowl games between sure. now and tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. And we're going to play the game. Is it a bowl game or not? Yes. Okay. All right. And you know who is there are some super excited ones. right now? Super excited? Matthew Collar. Oh, yeah. He's watching all of them. I know he does. In fact, are we going to do that on Hold Purple on. Daily? Are we going to do a when Matthew Collar break? When you yes, say yes. all of them. Almost. Yeah, he watches all of them. Yes, he does. Every single bowl game. Oh, if, yeah, it, if it's on it, wouldn't you? and he's home, which he ordinarily is. Not just New Year's Day games. Oh, no. He's oh, watching every no, single like, bowl like game. Like the ones that start next week. He's watching those. We've got followers who do the same thing and tweet with Matthew about ongoing games. We need to perform an intervention with the guy, man. No, Dude, no, the, no, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. We're yeah. going to have him break down the games. Yeah, we are. Oh, Purple my Daily. God. You know what? <laughs> Once you've gone to Maction, what does it matter? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're into Maction, you can't be like, well, that, but that bowl game's silly. That's like saying you did Coke. Why not heroin? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. No, he's probably right. Once once you've gone down one of the paths. Yeah. Once you've gone down the Cheez-It Bowl path, you can't go back. He's right. I mean, uh, I was going to ask if the Cheez-It Bowl is a real thing, but I'll wait till tomorrow. Yeah, don't do that. Don't spoil the game. There was a bowl game last year that had more interceptions than points. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. And Collar watched the entire thing, I think. Yep. So uh, our Vikings nitpicks, and we'll wrap with Roycey when we come back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll start with a reminder. Destination Winter St. Paul featuring the Wells Fargo Winter Skate and the Securian Financial Super Slide is open now through February 22nd at CHS Field in St. Paul. Wells Fargo Winter Skate opens daily at 11 a.m. Skating is free for those with their own skates. A Wells Fargo credit or debit card or skates can be rented for just $5. The Securian Financial Super Slide is open Thursday through Sunday. $10 for adults, $7 for kids 12 and under. For more information, visit scorenorth.com keyword Winter with his three sacks yesterday. Daniel Hunter is now at 52 and a half for his career at the age of 25. And he was asked in the locker room yesterday about how his teammates help him get to where he is at right now as one of the best defensive ends in the league. Sometimes they'll have a chipper on the other side or a chipper on my side. And if, if the grip's hot, they'll set the chipper up on his side and then, you know, they'll leave one on one on the left side of the line or the middle of the line and all that. So. It all comes back down to the DBs and the linebackers whenever they cover their guys and having the quarterback hold the ball. That's been your score, North Now back to Purple, or not Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd with Rami. Uh, we see how it is. I haven't done that in a while. We'll see how it is. That's fine. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you care more about uh, care more about Collar's show than our show. I can't say anything. Last week I gave out the uh, Twitter handle of my former station. No. <laughs> Ten months after the fact. You called us your former station. <laughs> I called you guys my former station? Yeah, we came back on Score North Live, and at some point in time you... Uh, Brought us back as 105.7 The Fan. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's fine. It was great. Yeah. <clears throat> FM Station, very briefly. Nice job, Rami. Nice job. He, just, apo- he just, apologized profusely. I'm just trying to get us on the FM, guys. Yeah. It wasn't your fault. It, was, it wasn't Doing everything fault. you just can. Doing my thing. Doing man. everything you doing can. Doing everything I can. Part. Yep. I don't exactly. fault you. Well, uh, it's that time of show here, gentlemen, where we go through our Vikings nitpicks mm. from the broadcast or the game. Uh, mostly a mostly a positive performance by the Vikings, but I'm sure there's things that we all saw either on the field or on the broadcast itself. And can I uh, 
Can I do the honors here? Can I can I get the first tee shot Please, here? Yes. Vikings nip. I want to hear yours from the broadcast. I think I know what yours is. <laughs> I got a couple. Okay. It's from not Rick Spielman. Though. Not Rick Spielman, though, is my guess. Uh, no, let's start with the broadcast. Cool. Not Rick Spielman. It was Chris Spielman, Rick's brother, who started the broadcast off verbatim by saying, for the Vikings, mathematically, this is not a must-win game. But it is a big game for them mentally. On what planet was yesterday not a must-win game mathematically for the Vikings, who are desperately trying to stave off the Rams and now the Bears and are clinging to hope that the Packers will lose another game outside of losing to the Vikings in the NFC North and open up a path? Like, on what planet was Chris Spielman living yesterday when he said it wasn't a mathematical uh, necessity for the Vikings to win that game? One could argue they needed it more mathematically than mentally. Yeah. He had it backwards. Yes. He had it absolutely backwards. It's amazing. Where among among the broadcast teams that we see on any type of regular basis, where does that broadcast team fall? Do you guys think? So it was it was Spielman and uh, Brenneman. Is that and right? Tom Brenneman. Because Tom Brenneman used to be their number two, who'd fill know, in for Joe Buck on the. But going back to last year at MetLife Stadium, the Jets-Vikings broadcast that those two did where Spielman started telling the weird story about how his parents wouldn't feed him if he didn't like have enough tackles in a game or something. What? That was, what? Yeah, you don't remember that? That was the Jets game? It was the Jets game yeah. at MetLife Stadium. And it was... I Hold I, on. Who, I argue... What? I argue it was the worst broad. His it was the worst. Wouldn't feed him if he didn't yeah. get like yeah. ten times of the game. Tell yeah. him, Jonathan. He said that, and he also said that Syracuse was closer to New York than it was Buffalo. Which oh, it was Latavius Murray, right? Super wrong. He's like Latavius Murray lives in Syracuse, and it's very close to it's here. It's like a home game for him. Like, yes. no, Buffalo would be more of a Jonathan home game. just slipped into his Keith Morrison voice there. <laughs> No, it's like a it's like a home, home game for game. Home. murder. A home yeah. was a long way away. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's oh, one of the worst weird. broadcast teams that we see. Dude, he. I think there was a couple times too where he would just kind of spaz out for no reason yesterday. <laughs> I love that term. Or he would just. <laughs> Sorry. He would just. I don't know. They'd be they'd be talking about something. Uh, they brought they 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 had like a WWE SmackDown promo at one point. Yes. And <laughs> he said, I can't remember what the transition was, but it was like. Now, this is the real deal. This is the real stuff. Smackdown or something. Is he not real? Brenneman's like, dude. Wrestling's fake. <laughs> yeah, wrestling is not real. Wrestling is scripted, not fake. But I digress. <laughs> Still real to me, damn it. <laughs> That's my nitpick, the broadcast yesterday. Mine actually does have something to do with what happened on the football field. And it was a good thing. It was a good thing that happened on the football field yesterday for the Vikings, which was... Maybe, just maybe, Mike Zimmer has found a way to get improved play from his cornerbacks with the rotation that we saw yesterday from Xavier Rhodes. Cool, good. My nitpick is this. Why did it take you 14 weeks to try, dude? Why did it take you 14 weeks to try something different? And I have given Mike Zimmer and his coaching staff the benefit of the doubt of saying, man, if they haven't made a change now... These guys are in practice every day. They watch film. They got to see that there isn't a better option than what they're throwing out there. I and I give and I and I said Mike Zimmer isn't playing favorites. He's not he's not losing games or risking losing games out of loyalty or because he likes a guy or he's just too stubborn to change his stance or his mind about a guy like Xavier Rhodes. But that apparently is exactly what was happening until yesterday? And my coach, the head coach of my football team, did the same thing for 13 weeks. 
Sage Rosenfels would come on this show whenever Mitch Trubisky's name came up and say they were playing directly opposite of his strengths. Finally, Matt Nagy figured out how to play to Mitchell Trubisky's strengths. I don't understand how he can take an NFL head coach, how they can be so stubborn that it takes them until week 13 or 14 to find the path of least resistance to winning football games. That blows my mind. Good nitpick. It's a good one. I like that. <laughs> so. All right, Judley. I've got two. One. I love my job, and going to games ordinarily is great, but when you are sitting in the press box watching the score from the Superdome unfold like a pinball score, and you are stuck watching the Vikings and Lions, it really stinks. Yesterday would have been... A lot of people that was, paid money to watch that game. I know, but that, that game, that Saints-Niners game, was probably the game of the year. It was probably as close... You can get to the uh, Monday night game last year between the Chiefs and Rams, which was just a great game. And watching that score, pinball back and forth and back and forth, and watching the garbage, the dreck that the Lions provided, that's complaint one. Nitpick number two is this. When David Blau is your starting quarterback, and he was lost, and I don't blame the kid. This is not his fault. But he's the third-string QB. He is, for anyone who says, oh, yeah, playing quarterback, uh, can't be that tough. Okay, this is what happens when, when you take a guy who was probably a competent college QB off the street and say, now play in the National Football League. With all of that being said, my nitpick, Matt Patricia, really? Not one snap for our guy, Kyle Sloter. You couldn't have put him in for the fourth quarter. The game was done. Like, let's give the kid a chance. Let's see Even him. just to get the standing ovation from the crowd, you know? Yeah, exactly right. But it would have been so much fun. I would have gone to the Lions locker room and said, tell me about the Vikings. And it would have opened up so many possibilities to talk to Kyle, who clearly, while he was in the wrong, clearly left here thinking that he, he was good. And so you could have put him in. And David Blau, you know, it's not like Stafford played, right? If Stafford plays, it might be different. It's not like Driscoll plays. If Driscoll plays, I think the Lions still get pounded, but he is their second quarterback. It was your third quarterback, and you couldn't have lifted him for the fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm with Judd. I think uh, <laughs> spice it up. Put Slaughter in the game. Uh, another nitpick for you guys, okay? Mm-hmm. Walt Anderson's officiating crew, oh, okay? Now, thank God someone must have called in from the NFL League office or from Fox and said, guys, at halftime, stop. Stop. This is already a non-competitive game. Why have you called 10 penalties in the first half? It came out on the broadcast yesterday that Walt Anderson's crew averages calling 20 enforced penalties per game. Yeah. 20! Yeah. Walt! How? Buddy! How? No one is paying a cable bill or buying a ticket to a game to watch you throw yellow flags. He's Joe West. It's embarrassing. He's the football Joe West. And in the first half, lived up to it. Everything was of defensive holding or... Uh, I think it was Rex Ryan that said it the best on one of the pregame shows. Uh, I believe it was, uh, maybe it was after the Seattle game, in which there was only like four enforced penalties. There were. Free-flowing, three hours, haymakers back and forth. Now, could you have gone through that tape and said, well, we probably could have called 10 or 15 more penalties. Absolutely. I'm sure you could have. But it didn't affect the outcome of the game. And as Rex Ryan put it on ESPN, your job as a referee is not to call everything you see, It's to just make sure that the integrity of the game is being upheld, okay? Nothing terribly egregious, you know, nothing super obvious, nothing that impacts a 50-yard gain here or there. And Walt Anderson's crew could use a major lesson in that. In the the second half, they finally backed off. Thank God. How about instead of worrying about his crew, how about we get Walt to um, hang her up and we just 
By a mistake. How old is old Walt now? Walt's probably uh, near 70. I, I think it's time for Walt. By a mistake? <laughs> just like it's time for Joe West. It's time to It's time to just go do something else. He's 67 years old. Okay, it's time for him to do something else. Joe West, same way. It's just time. I don't know if he can do this or if there's an age discrimination lawsuit waiting, but there has to be an age limit on referees and umpires, doesn't there? Absolutely, there should be. This is something that takes physical ability, good eyesight, good hearing. If you're a 35-year-old player, guess what? They can decide overnight you're too old, right? Right. So why can't we do that to referees and umpires? Old Walt Anderson. But you're right. That was awful. (laughs) That's the nitpick. Uh, uh, Pat, what's happening with you today? Uh, not much, not much. I uh, I was in uh, I was in there with you boys for about four or five hours today. So, but uh, made it home. Traffic's not that bad. Stay off the freeways. Take the take the city streets, and you'll be fine. Yeah, people always freak out, man. They always just <laughs> just like what's our current temperature right now? Though I'm not like looking forward to going stuff. outside. It's uh, going to be a little frosty uh, the next couple of days. I saw Wednesday's a high of zero with a low of 15 below. So. Awesome. Woo! Can't wait Good for us. Don't play outdoor football this week. That's my <laughs> Right. Uh, so we're monitoring all of the uh, different trade rumors and signing rumors here. So uh, Steven Strasburg signs the richest contract ever handed out to a pitcher, $245 million. Uh, and then there's some incentives, I think, on top of that, too. Uh, <laughs> well, he needs them. Yeah, that's right. That's that's not quite enough. Exactly. Okay. But uh, but as far as the Twins go, so in the last couple of days, they've been rumored to be in on Madison Bumgarner and also uh, Ryu, who led the league in ERA last year with the Dodgers. So if you had, let's say the money was equal, are you a Ryu or Bumgarner guy for the Twins? Oh, I think Bumgarner, just because uh, I, I trust his uh, durability a little more. But if I can get uh, Ryu for uh, three years, I'll be uh, happy and take him. Uh, I, I don't, uh, you know, the trouble with these contracts is if you sign Bumgarner for five years, and I actually heard you guys talking about this, uh, you know, the odds are pretty strong you aren't going to get five years worth Uh Pitchers are a complete crapshoot anyway, unless there's about there's about eight of them out there that uh, you know you can trust. I don't know. I would think that he'd be effective uh, when he first comes to the American League because uh, nobody else pitches with that big slider like he does. But uh, you know, eventually they uh, they catch up with everybody. I love the guy personally. I mean, I still think that. Uh, Pitching performance in the World Series uh, against Kansas City was the greatest I've ever seen. Because what I, as I've said many times, what I loved about it the best was that Boshi never looked at him, and he never looked at Boshi. <laughs> Boshi wasn't going to look over to him and let him say, "I want to leave." And Bumgarner wasn't going to look at Boshi and give him any indication he wanted to leave. So, uh, yeah, I, I love the guy. I know he'll give you his best efforts. I don't know anything about uh, the other guy, although I, you know, he's he's got good stuff and. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'd take him for three, but I, I don't know. hundred is a boy. That's a lot of money for a, for, for a guy who thought he was going to get 60 about two weeks ago, huh? Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's incredible. I, I don't know. What do you do? Uh, you know, what do you do now with, uh, you know, we were talking, uh, today, Derek and I on the baseball one. What's, uh, any chance you had of signing Jose Barrios this spring is out the door, isn't it? But with all the money being handed out yeah, to pitchers, you're saying? Probably. Yeah, you're not going to be able to sign him to a four-year contract, are you? Or something like that this spring. I mean, uh, I, you know, because I was, 
you know, just watching the way he handled uh, not getting his money last spring uh, uh, when he, you know, he came out and he had that tweet about uh, suggesting that the Twins didn't spend money and stuff like that. It, it, it to me, he looked like a guy that was uh, when things went bad last year. He was uh, bothered about. Uh, I think the I think he had money on his mind, and it'll be on his mind again uh, this year. Boy, you need him to be. He's got to go. He's got to go up a step here. He can't be what he was last year. He's got to be better than that. Might have to for sure. So, what what's your take on on the uh, Strib story a couple days back, Pat, where Lavelle basically wrote that. The pitching market's more than the Twins expected, and therefore they might pivot to not get as much pitching as they thought and get more offense, which left me a little bit confused because their offense already is pretty good. Well, maybe they're going to get Anthony Rendon for $200 million. I'd take that. Okay, if that's the case, then we might be talking something yeah, different. But if it's, it's uh, you know, if it's Alex Avila, then I probably wouldn't get as excited. So I don't know. I I think that uh, I I just don't think that these guys, and it's not because of the cheap ball ads. I I just don't think that these uh, that Falvey and Levine are the kind of guys that are going to way overpay for anything. I just think that they, you know, they're going to they know that they have to overpay, but I can't see them saying, you know, we wanted to, we think this guy's worth sixty, and we got to give him a hundred. I, I don't see them doing that. But Pat, didn't they tell Twins fans last year that when the window is open and the right guy at the right time, they would strike in free agency? Don't you think Twins fans remember that and are going to hold them to that if this offseason no. comes and goes without any major moves? Uh, they're going to get people complaining. I'm not sure those are the ticket buyers, however. I, you know, the, you're going to get the same people complaining. But here's the deal. Uh, I, I just, do you, because they had some kind of promise they should pay $40 million more for a guy than they thought they were going to, I, I don't see it that way. I, I just, uh, you know, you got to figure out some other way to do it. Now, I trade, you know, I I trade some prospects. I I go that route to get a starting pitcher and then try to sign him to an extension. Uh, you know, if they want to, uh, you know, they want to give up Carroll off or Royce Lewis to get a real good pitcher, that might be a better deal than giving Madison Bumgarner a hundred million dollars. Yeah, uh, Pat, I, I just don't know. It's a it's a tough situation right now because. Uh, uh, you know, it's just gone nuts. And now, every every if you're a, a halfway, the guy who's got a fuel pan is on a Rizzi. <laughs> he could have been in on this bonanza to some degree. He could have got himself sixty, probably. Yeah. But how could you have known if you're? I mean, if, but just based on the no, last three years, and someone's offering oh, yeah. you seventeen, eighteen million on a one year deal, you know, and next oh, yeah. year's a weak crop too. Yeah. So uh, it it you know if he if he has a good year, he'll do fine. And this this could also be a It'll be interesting to see how all these uh, contracts work out. You know, if uh, you give, uh, let's say, uh, you give Strasburg uh, to that two forty five, and he needs another Tommy John, that wouldn't be too good, right? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. so all right on the Vikings front, Pat. Uh, I didn't watch a play. That's okay. That's not even going to be my question. <laughs> not even going to be my question. You missed nothing. I think my question is: the Rams just beat the Seahawks last night. They're one game back with three to go. And uh, from the Vikings, definitely eyes forward, go win out and uh, try to win the division. But 
Tough not to look in your rearview mirror when the Bears have won three straight and the Rams are back to being the Rams here, it looks like, too. Uh, the uh, Bears uh, will uh, beat the Packers. Uh, the Vikings will win out. The Vikings are going to win the uh, NFC Central, NFC North. And uh, there's a very good chance they'll get to uh, be the two-seed and be at home because uh, I believe the uh, Saints are overrated frauds who, uh, you know, their last three home games, they uh, got beat by, they beat bloody by Atlanta. They were damn lucky to beat Carolina, and they gave up 50 points last night. I don't think, I think their defense sinks, stinks, and they're going to lose another game somewhere along the line, even though they got an easy schedule. I, I think the Vikings are, uh, uh, you know, the next to San Francisco, there's no team in the, uh, in the uh, NFC that uh, I think is better than the Vikings. This coming oh, from the, this coming from the same guy who assured us on national ESPN radio that the Vikings would beat the Eagles in the NFC title game. That's all I know. I did. And uh, not only did I assure it, I made those guys sound like idiots that they weren't sure of. <laughs> you did. It was fantastic. Was that? Who was that? It was that Mel, Mel, right? It was Mel Kuyper. Yes. Well, you know, how can you be so stupid to think that the Eagles have a chance? Uh, that, I might have been wrong on that one. Just By the time you got done, they <laughs> had the Eagles dead and buried. I didn't change my mind uh, until like five, six minutes into the game anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it took that long to say, well, that might not work. <laughs> yeah, when Positive Pat comes sniffing around the Vikings, look out, everybody. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Is, uh, will, will Zim uh, continue his tradition of having his team no-show in the final game of the season? That's uh, happened two years in a row now. Yeah. So they no-showed against the Eagles, and they no-showed against the Bears. So. Yeah, but I, I don't think Rami's Bears are anyone worth uh, being frightened about. Although I do think that beat, I don't think the Packers are good. I mean, they're they're fighting for their lives to beat the Redskins at home. For goodness, sake. I just don't think they're good. I, you know, I'm not saying that because I'm anti-Packer. I love Aaron Rodgers, but not as much as I used to, obviously. But uh, uh, you know, I I just don't think they're good. Yep. Uh, well, Pat, we will uh, we'll direct people here in just a few minutes to a special Roycey on Baseball edition of the Scorner Twin Show. You and Derek got all hot stovey here, and if people want to hear it, they can listen live in about five minutes. It's pretty good. We got some uh, stories, even a couple of politically incorrect comments, so uh, listen in. Always good. It uh, wouldn't be Roycey without the uh, politically incorrect <laughs> comments, Patrick. Thanks. All right. All right, Talk to you. Bye. Royce on chain and Royce on baseball. That's you can kiss. always get your politically incorrect comment. <laughs> That's the kiss of death, man, for the Vikings. When positive when Pat, Pat comes barreling when Pat's in. Pat's like, they're better than everyone, or you are dead. Yeah. Pat also will do this thing, and Judd does this too. Never would do this. Where uh, you keep a bunch of praise on a team to raise expectations just so you can come in later as the Grim Reaper and hack them down in their failure. Like, intentionally? This is premeditated? Oh, yeah. Judd does it all the time. Wow. As as children, one as Brad we talked about it on one of the earlier episodes of Royce Unchained. As Brad one, once said, "Our job is is to come down from the hill to shoot the wounded." <laughs> Jesus, nice. Children once said that he's like, "You guys, you uh, come down from the hill to uh, shoot the wounded." Somebody's <laughs> got to do it, man. Somebody's got to do it. You know what? Some people are born to do certain things. Some people are born to do other things. Okay, shoot the wounded. God put me on earth for a reason. I know that. Yeah. 
Well, that's a bright way to end the Theoreti- show today. <laughs> hypothetically, Alrighty. theoretically, what's the right word? I mean, just to make it clear, I'm not really shooting the wounded. Tomorrow, I'm just burying teams. Tomorrow we will break down the twin signing of Madison Baumgartner when that news comes across later tonight, hopefully. And we'll be celebrating we'll that. Also, <laughs> is it a bowl game or not tomorrow? Yep. Can't I can't wait, wait for that. This I is really great. We will get that. so many wrong. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app on demand. Twin show is next. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.